Listen to this. Zakamani, the flying winger. Here's Brad Evans. It's Steve. It's Steve. Who is it? It's Brad Evans. <laughs> Happy days are here again. Turning with a drive. It's Steve Zakamani. Evans with the left foot. He's an attacking threat, Brad Evans. This is so weird. The party has started. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to another episode here of Side by Side. Myself, Steve Zakwani, Keely's here, and also Brad Evans is here. And if you're a fan of soccer in the US, or more so a US soccer fan, um, it's obviously a great morning um, to wake up to here. The US men's national team redemption um, is probably the right word. Um, after failing to make the World Cup in 2018, they will be in Qatar last night losing to Costa Rica, but it didn't matter. Um, they to be fair, ended up playing a pretty decent qualifying campaign. Um, I think the future looks bright and the team is in the World Cup. Um, as someone who played for this country, for this national team, um, Brad, I'm curious for you, What can, can you give us the significance of what this means, especially um, two things, when you missed the World Cup four years ago and now with sort of this golden generation, Pulisic, Reina, Musa, where um, just how catastrophic it would have been for them to miss again. So just how significant was um, last night officially punching the ticket to Qatar? Yeah, I think it's massive. Um, you know, like you said, the disappointment from the last qualifying round, you could see it was just a laboring group of guys that were kind of on the tail end and, um, you know, tried at the last minute to sprinkle in some young talent and just couldn't, uh, couldn't figure it out. Um, but I think over the past, you know, two years, this group has showed, you know, a tremendous amount of character in uh, riding the ship. Um, that young talent has has really stepped up and performed at a club level since the last uh, World Cup disaster. And I think that is what has provided them the opportunity to, you know, get on that flight uh, to Qatar in the fall. Um, you know, Pulisic has, has, you know, transformed into, you know, a player that was, you know, on the... I mean, he was starting for Dortmund at the time through the last cycle, but he was kind of, um, it seemed like he was just like a, a flash in the pan at the moment. And I think that that's what some people thought, um, but he has proven to be, a, you know, a world soccer star right now. Uh, and he's on every team's radar. I mean, he's not the best player in the world, but for us as, as an American watching that, um, you know, what, what he's doing overseas consistently every weekend is, um, is fantastic. And then leading this team, really, um, you saw Donovan do it back in the day at a young age and, you know, come through with two goals here, three goals here, you know, multiple times throughout a, a call. He's just a guy that you can count on now. And that's huge for, for this U.S. team. They didn't have that in the last cycle, someone that they could really count on um, to, to get goals and get assists. But I would say don't get comfortable. Um, everyone's celebrating, but don't get comfortable because your seat on that plane isn't isn't guaranteed just because you were part of this group. It's a it's a tremendous accomplishment and, and great to be a part of. Um, but the hard work is still ahead. And um, I'm excited to see the draw, most importantly. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be really cool. And anytime you see the US's name just officially uh, during that draw is 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 really cool. Uh, so, so I'm excited for them. Is that the biggest difference, though? Because I feel like for us here, you know, we watch Champions League. Um, you can, on any given day, you can watch Tyler Adams, Weston McKinney, Christian Pulisic. You can watch um, um, the goalkeeper, um, Zach Steffen. Mm -hmm. You have guys playing 
big, big Champions League games, meaningful minutes. I mean, Brendan Arison is doing Arison, it. Yeah. Um, so I, it's and these guys, yeah, I mean, they may not. I, Adams, McKenney, Pulisic, these are big parts of their team. And Brendan Arison is becoming a big part of his team as well. Is that the difference that a lot of these players now aren't just not going to Europe, but actually to really big clubs, Champions League level clubs, and getting major, major minutes? Yeah, of course. I think that, that was always their goal, you know, as young players going over there, at, you know, 14, 15 for a couple of those guys. Um, you know, McKinney was part of the FC Dallas's youth program. And someone somewhere didn't see them having a future with, you know, FC Dallas or it just comes from the player. Like, Hey, I, I want to go overseas. Like that's been my dream. That's been my goal. Um, so it's a credit to them for, for sticking out. Cause it's not an easy task for an American to go over there and be immersed in, you know, a completely different culture. I mean, you know, right. You came here into a completely different culture. And if you're a good footballer, you're a good footballer and that will show through and, and make you positive. But for a lot of these guys, they're going over and, not knowing what, what to expect. Um, you know, your level of play was different when you came over here probably than the, you know, than the opposite of an American going over there. You're really trying to just test the waters where, you know, you kind of knew what you were doing coming here to go to college. Um, so yeah, I think that's a major difference is these guys performing week in, week out against top level talent of other guys that are going to the world cup. That's the difference between Europe and, and major league soccer. You know, you might get a handful of guys, uh, between two teams that are going to go to the World Cup. But if you're playing in England and Germany and, you know, um, in Italy, you're going to get, you know, maybe 10 guys on that roster that are going to go to a World Cup. And if you're doing that week in, week out, that difference shows through, right? That That, that is the difference of, of what you're looking for when you're talking about a level of play and competition. So, um, you know, that, that's the biggest difference for me and, and what has set this, you know, golden generation, I guess, right now to uh, to shine through. Yeah. Um, Keely, I'm curious as a fan, um, obviously some, some of these players are you know, Brad's peers and, you know, I don't think I played with anybody on that team, but in general, we view it more from a player's lens. Just as a fan who, you know, supports soccer and knows soccer and knows this country, to miss four years ago, to now make it, um, what, what sort of feelings are you feeling this morning? Well, first of all, I'm happy that we're not Italy who has missed yeah. the past two. Um, yeah. So bright side there, everyone, especially because... U.S. soccer Twitter can be the most negative place in the world, especially after last game. Even though we qualify, it was still, oh, my God, this game was terrible. Ah, we're so worried. Like, they did what they had to do. Like, so I woke up today and I was just excited. I am relieved. I am excited. I'm pumped. I think that this is a great group. I think, like Brad talked about, you know, it's not just guys who are going to Europe who are kind of testing the waters. I mean, these guys are key members of their clubs overseas and key members of their major league soccer teams as well. I mean, it's just really exciting. I'm stoked. It's good for us soccer. It's good for, it's just, it's just great. It's great. I have nothing negative to say about the U S qualifying yesterday. I'm just amped. Um, my last point on this is, and I don't, I'm trying to move away from, I don't like to compare players anymore, especially from different eras, but you have you do have to look at someone like Christian Pulisic and begin to wonder. I think he's what, 21, 22, at most probably 23 at this point. Um, Landon was, you know, 
probably the most similar trajectory um, in some ways, but not not like this, not playing Champions League and playing for a club like Chelsea. Even Lando wasn't doing that. Obviously, you have Clint, you know, who we know well, one of the best players ever, if not the best, to come out of this country. Um, not to compare him, but just how high is um, Christian Pulisic's ceiling? Because... I feel sometimes we, because he sometimes is at Chelsea, might get rotated, he's not playing every minute. Um, it kind of mm. skews what he's actually doing. I mean, if you're competing at Chelsea, yeah, you're probably not going to play every minute. Like, you know, you have Lukaku struggling there, you have Timo Werner. These are top players. What he's doing, I've never seen. Yeah, he's, you know, I have a couple of friends at Chelsea and they just say like, no, he, he's legit. And what I like about him, he's been knocked down a few times, but he always seems to stand back up. He takes the criticism, he... In his young career already, I mean, he's had to prove, I think, two or three different managers already at Chelsea that he belongs and he's still there. Um, but for a player like that, just how important is it for the US to have someone? He's different to Adams and McKinney because he can be a real star. Um, how high is the ceiling for someone like that? Like Christian? I, I mean, he has 12 more years he can play at the top level. Yeah, what's wild is, I, th- I think he's like the perfect combination between Landon and Clint. And Clint, yes. Right? Because Landon, same yeah. body type. Um, same yeah. speed, similar same style, yeah. but yeah. he's got the attitude of Clint right now. He's starting to adopt that. So, and he'll be the first one to say it. Like these are all guys that he looked up to, which is really cool. Like, that's what yeah. you need, and that's what you want to grow your sport. You got to have those icons that change the game in the way that an American, you know, and, and someone to look up to for us as as Americans. Um, I I don't know. I you know, I hope he doesn't make a decision. I mean, Gareth Bale was, you know, very successful at Real Madrid, but I don't think he became the player that he really like could have been and and been the man somewhere else. So that's your, that's your choice as a player. It's, do you want to go for the name and go to a place that is a massive, massive club who might give you the biggest contract? Or do you want to go to a place where you can be the man and be an icon and a club icon for, you know, play there for, six years or something like that and and win trophies and so that's the decision that he has to make and that's a tough one right do you go to a you know not a mid-level team but you know someone who finishes six seven every year but you're going to play every single game you know I mean I think John Joe Shelby is a fantastic player yeah right and talking to DeAndre you know I think we asked him like who's the best player you play he said John Joe easily Every day at training, he's the best player. Every game, he's the best player for us. And he's a captain and he leads the team and he plays for the club. Like, that's a player you could be or you stay at, you know, Chelsea, something like that. And, you know, like you said, battle every single weekend if you're going to start him. So these are all decisions he's got to make and that could determine his ceiling. Um, But right now, I would say if he has a really good World Cup, then we're really going to see what can happen. Um, you know, if, yeah. if he comes out of there, you know, with, you know, three goals, three assists or four or five and the team advances to a place that they've never been, then then we're talking, you know, we're talking a serious um, yeah. ability. I mean, what is he? Is he 20 yet? I say I think he's at most 22. And it's just crazy because I, I already have so many highlights of him. I, I remember him scoring goals at Anfield. He's scored goals in Torchman City. I mean, he's scored in Champions League. He, he's, he's fantastic. I love his mentality. Um, definitely an exciting generation. 23, yeah. Um, exciting generation for the US. Obviously, Christian, Rodan and Jordan are a part of that. Knew who's going to the World Cup. I think there's a fourth player. I can't think top of my head who that is. Uh, Ariaga. Uh, oh, they're going? I think so. 
Okay, so there you go. So the Sounders will be well represented in there and we are praying for a US Cameroon final just to see Nuhu on that stage. <laughs> uh, that would be great. Just a Nuhu <laughs> World Cup goal would just be yeah. insane. Can he's you imagine? Scored, he scores the winning goal in the final, yeah. Um, he's been just be waiting great. his entire career. That's when he's going to score. <laughs> That's great. All right, the US Congress um, will be in Qatar. The draw takes place tomorrow. Um, excited to see weapons and where they where, where they line up. So we'll take a short break when we come back. Craig Weibel will be joining us to preview CCL for the Sounders, of course, playing Minnesota at the weekend. But after that, um, it's the it's on to face NYCFC in the semi-final of the Champions League. We'll talk to Craig, and then on the backside of that, we will preview Minnesota. So stay tuned. I think you're underselling some of our fans. I think some of our fans, all of our fans know how important this game is. Now look, you guys have heard me well heard me well enough that the next game is the most important, Minnesota, but you mentioned it right there. It is a home match. Our next home match is a big one. It's a really big one. Because we want to do well in Champions League. We all know the importance of you know being the first MLS club. Okay, and even throw out the league, what's, what's best for our club? We've always been a winning club with a winning mentality. Getting enough people in the building to make sure the atmosphere is always as good as it is, that's the objective. Welcome back, everyone. I'm happy to say, delighted to say, that we're joined by someone who needs no introduction to the Sounders fan base at this point. Um, Craig Weibel joins us now, I think, from L.A. And there's so much always going on in the MLS season, but we're going to focus mostly today on CCL, um, the big game coming up very soon next week. Sounders squaring off against NYCFC. Uh, Craig, give us a sense from inside the club when the preseason began and you sat in meetings with the coaching staff, with Garth, and you sort of mapped out, maybe even with ownership, what success would look like. Um, where does CCL fall on that priority list? Well, it falls pretty high, although you, you, you kind of keep your fingers crossed because the conversation of CCL starts in our preseason. So, you, yeah, you know, you're kind of wondering who's available, who's going to even be fit. I mean, they were the first games we played. We were in preseason. The rest of MLS was staying in Palm Springs to, to finish their preparation for, for league matches while our guys were flying to Honduras. So, you know, the conversations are a little bit in wonderment of what the group might be. Is everyone going to be available? And, um, you know, I, I thought I thought the coaching staff and the players handled the first round games I mean, it was it was wonderful to go on the road and, and grab a good early result in a really hot, humid place um, down in Honduras. It, it was um, it that was the moment I realized, oh, we're a little farther along than than I thought we might be, you know. Um, and then the statement game when we came home, I think, um, and, and it just it induced such confidence in our group, and, and we carried that over into Lyon. So it it seems like it's a little bit of a roll of a dice then is that is that the same for every team i mean you were you, you know with with salt lake and um you know had a decent run there at, at one point um and it just seems that it's a roll of the dice and then all of a sudden you're like oh shit we're playing 
you know, potentially to go to, to the final. Um, and are there any other tournaments like that or, or season or, you know, anything that you can be a part of? I mean, Open Cup is, is more of a known. And is it just a scheduling issue then? I think because of the schedule, you know, that was that first round matchup, you, you just have so many questions. We brought back a ton of our team, obviously, 90 percent. And we added just a few guys, a couple special guys. And um, we, we knew we were good fundamentally. And those were the conversations that Brian and Garth and myself and the coaching staff, the, the, all of the support staff were having. We, we know what's in there. Um, we know the fundamental basis of our team, but you never know what you're going to get the first time out. And especially when it's, uh, you know, guys have had several weeks off in, the, in our off seasons, and then you go down to a human place. You don't know what you're going to get in that first round. Once you get to the second round, I think your identity, be, you know, it starts to take hold, but because of the schedule, to your point, I, I still think fitness is a, it can be an issue in that second round. Yeah, I think the reason this this turns this massive corner and like confidence starts to build and the excitement starts to build is because we really do have our team, you know, and we've got several special players coming back off of injuries right now and being reintroduced to minutes. And um, it's it's just a super exciting time. And building into next Wednesday is. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to skip days and I don't want to skip games. Uh, Minnesota is important and, and we're going to put a good foot forward. But uh, Wednesday is a pretty exciting night. Uh, Craig, obviously, to get to this round against NYCFC, you had to go through a, a, a Mexican powerhouse in Club Leon and you dispatched of them. I mean, you look at the score and the game here at Lumen Field, I mean, it could have been seven or eight. I mean, it, it really <laughs> was like that. And you've been around long enough to know that the gap between MLS and Liga MX has always been huge for the most part. They've dominated this competition. Yeah. It's clearly closing. Now, how much is closed? Has it closed all the way? We don't know. But in your opinion, as someone who's involved in the roster building side of things, um, what's changed to give so many MLS teams confidence, especially even going down to Mexico at times? Well, I mean, the quality of rosters in MLS have changed dramatically. You know, when when I was playing, we were lucky to have one or two international guys on our team. And, you know, now we've got what I think four of our guys just qualified for the World Cup with their respective countries. And, uh, you know, and, and beyond that, we have several guys of, of national national team caliber. And so I think the confidence of the group builds. I think the youth, uh, the stability of the of the youth in development in America has grown so much over the last seven to 10 years that the middle and, and I don't want to say bottom, but the middle and bottom of the roster is just so much more stable. You can make substitutions and not lose quality in terms of the overall team performance. And we saw that in that home match, especially against Lyon, where when we made substitutions, like the game, the game actually arguably improved in some aspects which was hard to do already. So I think we're, we're, we're growing in, in terms of our balance and depth, but also I think from a tactical perspective, I think coaching staffs and, and specifically MLS coaching staffs are getting better. I think we're countering tactical adjustments that, that league AMIK teams are making. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it comes down to quality. We can we can all talk soccer all day long, but but players make make the biggest difference. And you get enough good players together, and uh, more times than not, good things happen. Uh, speaking of quality, New York City FC next opponent. Um, you know, I think we remember playing them in like 2014 was their first season, and going there and just annihilating them. 
um, you know, they didn't understand what, what a true roster was supposed to be and, and, and to compete. Um, and they seem to have things figured out now. Uh, last year was a fantastic year for them and, and kudos um, to them for really like sticking to um, a new plan and mm-hmm. getting to where they are now. So lay out that team for us and, and, and what to expect as we face them um, two times in, in, in the upcoming month. I think, you know, from the outside looking in, what I'd say is over the last 18 to 24 months, they've really figured out a clear identity and the players obviously accept the roles within their system of play. And then they have two or three or four, you know, difference makers on any given day. I think um, similar to our group, They've got a multitude of ways to attack. Um, they, their, their defensive structure is usually pretty basic, and that's a good way to defend. When everybody understands what they're supposed to do is, is, is not a bad thing. But, um, you know, they're, they're brimming with confidence. That's, that's a, as you guys know, when, when you're on a team that's just confident they're not going to lose, um, they're going to find a result. That's, that's the most dangerous team to play because they just fundamentally don't believe that any result other than a win is, is coming. So I, th- I think mentality right now is flying for them. And I think our group is, is equally, su- you know, I mean, this group's been successful since, since it came into MLS. So confidence is, is um, it's, it's something we, we take for granted at times in Seattle, but it's a luxury we're, we're so happy to have. And I think Brian, I think the staff do a really good job of driving these guys to compete uh, daily and, and really, building confidence to win every game is, is something that not a lot of teams and not a lot of clubs have the courage to do and certainly not say out loud as much as we do. So this is, this is a really good team we're going to face very organized, very dangerous in the attacking third, good in transition moments. Um, but, but a team that when we match up, I, I, I fancy our chances and I, I think it should be a, a great home and away series. Um, what an opportunity to see, you know, two MLS teams in the semifinals, unfortunately, we're facing each other. But, you know, as long as we come out on top, I think I think we'll all be happy. Uh, very well said. And promise it to be a really, really um, exciting two-legged affair. Um, last one for me, Craig, here is just not to look past NYCFC, look past anyone. And, of course, I speak to the soundest here. But in general, for an MLS team to win this competition, um, sort of lay out for us what it entails on a global stage. Because you then do go to play, you know, I've played against Barcelona, Man United, Liverpool, but th- those games didn't count. You know, they really didn't count. <laughs> this would be, you'd be playing them for real if you went to the FIFA Club World Cup. Just from that perspective, in terms of this club or any club being on that prestigious stage, just this tournament, maybe that casual watcher doesn't quite understand the Champions League here. Why is it such a big deal if the club were able to win this and what would that mean? Yeah. Well, the, the winner goes to the club world cup, which is, it's a hard concept to wrap our head around because no one in MLS has gone. Uh, I was, I was fortunate to be on that LA team way, way long ago that when this tournament was, was set up as a two week knockout tournament uh, when we won, but you know, we didn't get a club world cup that year. But that tournament's massive. I mean, you're you're literally playing the champions of the champions leagues from around the world, and um, it, it's a it's a huge deal. To your point, you know, to play against some of these these brands and these teams and these players, um, it's it's a dream come true for not only the the players but our entire organization would be salivating at the opportunity to just match up and and see how we stack up against some of these groups. But you know, what this really comes down to is 
history. We're, we have a chance to make history along with, along with one other MLS team that hopefully we prevent from making history. But uh, you know, that's when you have a chance to write history, especially when you're in a relatively young league, you know, and, and still growing and getting better. And um, to be the first is, is a massive opportunity. And Seattle's a city we've never been afraid to be the first in many, many things. And um, this would just be another great box to tick for, for our organization, but also the city of Seattle. And by the way, Steve, playing against those teams, I don't care when you did it. I never got to line up against them. So uh, I, I still count. I still count your games. <laughs> Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> great pleasure. Thank you for joining us. We know you're a busy, busy man. Of course, first of all, good luck this weekend in Minnesota. We don't want to overlook that. That is a big game. But then, of course, to next week, um, CCO sounds against NYCFC. Um, good luck to you and the, and the guys there. And we'll obviously be rooting along uh, from the comfort of our broadcast booth. <laughs> Much appreciated. <laughs> Have a great one. Hey, thanks again to Craig. Um, welcome back. And right before we get out of here, let's look ahead to the game this Saturday. The Sound is traveling to play Minnesota. Um, it's a place, you know, have had, I think, success before and also not so much success. Um, it, we're on the outside here of every other club. Obviously, we have some insight into the Sounders. Every other team, we sort of form our opinions from what we see from their players, their recent record, maybe what their coach says. Um, I don't know what or how to feel about Minnesota. Have they been a success since coming into MLS? Are they one of the expansion successes? Obviously, they're not a Cincinnati or Miami, that's for sure. But they're also probably not a Seattle or Portland in some ways, in terms of silverware and things like that. Um, curious, just from a general perspective, what when you look at Minnesota, you know, do you know much about the team? Obviously, we know Reynoso. Will Trap is an Akron kid. But in general, I don't know what to think of them because they always feel to me like they could be better and aren't mm -hmm. quite there. And you look at someone like Ozzy who was there and pretty much they were saying he's on his last legs, he's done. And he's gone to Atlanta and he's playing every minute for Gonzo right. Pineda and Atlanta yeah. looked good. Now, so you wonder what happens there. Um, it's an interesting club for me. Darwin Cantero was there. It didn't quite work out. So I'm just curious what, from the outside, just and kind of what do you think of Minnesota? What should we make of Minnesota? Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think, I think we see them as a, I mean, they haven't been successful I mean, they've made, they've made the playoffs. I mean, that's that's okay, I suppose. It all depends on what your standards are for your club. But, you know, your your club sets the standard upon your first year in, in the league. And if you can be successful from day one, then those standards increase every single year. But they came into the league and they were, they were garbage. And, you know, so the standards were, hey, let's just have a 500 season. Then let's have a winning season. Okay, let's make the playoffs. So it's taken them, you know, four, five, six years to, to get off the mark and, um, you know, really set some new goals and, and find a new identity for their club. Um, but they're, you know, obviously a team that came in with some serious support because, you know, they, they had had a team before Major League Soccer. So they weren't without success in that um, capacity. And now I think they're starting to find their footing with, an interesting lineup. I mean, they don't have any guys that are, you know, unbelievable players. I mean, Reynoso is, is, is very good, but he's not a guy that you think of first when you think of major league soccer. Um, I think they just have a lot of workhorses uh, and, and guys that can get the job done and, and they've done well, two ties and, and two wins, I think so far to start off the season. So, 
you know, they're doing things well defensively. It's a group that's been together for quite a while for them. Um, and their outside backs are extremely athletic. Uh, and so that I think has, you know, playing with Will, if you can play with Will in front of you, he's just going to sit, right. You know, yeah. better than, than anyone. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that they figured out, you know, kind of how they want to play. We're going to play a four, two, three, one, one, six is always going to sit outside back goes forward. And we always keep a triangle in the middle of the park and their spine is pretty good and, and experienced. So it'll be a tough challenge, especially at Minnesota. Um, so it, it's a tough place to play. The, the crowd I'm sure will be rocking and uh, the Seattle, you know, the Sounders are going to have to have to be on one and, and focus for this game. Yeah, we've dominated them. 7-1-1 one, one is our regular season record against Minnesota. We've had wow. some like pretty, I guess, devastating for them wins, including in the playoffs two years ago. Yep. I kind of feel like the Sounders are like the ghost of Christmas future for Minnesota. Like they like want to be us and like that's their goal. And they just like can't quite get there anytime we play against them. And I hope I'm not giving them bull- bulletin board material right now, but it's every like... Yeah. The home opener last year, we smacked them in the mouth for nothing. And that was a really good Minnesota team, like really excited, a bunch of new guys that year, really amped to beat us. And we, you know, came out for nothing. Will Bruin a couple of years ago with that game winner that Brad mentioned last episode, which I mean, we still watch and talk about and is still, you know, part of our club lore. Yeah. That playoff game, that devastating Western Conference final that, you know, they blew against us in Seattle. I mean, it's just, man, like we, we just need to, we're like this monkey on their back. I don't know. I don't know what it is about when they play us. No, I agree with that. My fear, not fear, I guess concern for this weekend is just, I don't know what sound the team we're going to see for, for yeah. two reasons. One, I'm going to have to assume there's going to be some rotation, uh, especially some of your key guys did travel for um, you know the national team guys I'm thinking of those guys come back from injury how do you manage that of course Raul wants to play in the semi-final of course he does of course if Nico can play he's going to play but how fit are they so from the Sounders perspective how do you manage that is again we always talk about going on the road in MLS where you say look if we can get a point well, there are some games yeah we'll take it but this is one in a 34 game season considering context that we're happy to lose I don't know if not happy to lose but we'd accept a loss I don't know if this is one of those, but I you have to prioritize NYCFC. You have to, um, especially first leg like, being at home. I think away goals do count in CCL. Um, what do you do if you're Brian Schmetzer? Because Raul is going to be at his door. He might say, look, yeah, I want to play on Wednesday or whenever the game is NYCFC next week. But I also want to play on the weekend so I can get my fitness back up. I've not played in a while. Um, five at the back. Possibly, I think, is maybe a safe bet. But I'm curious what you do in this situation for Brian Schmetzer. How much do you prioritize this and how much do you prioritize the midweek game, the Champions League game, without giving the guys the impression that you're throwing this one away? Because that will backfire too. Yeah, I think, you know, for, for Raul, I think anytime you come off a lengthy injury, you, you need a couple of weeks of, of training to get, to get fit. And I, I think he's smart enough to... And, and, you know, old enough now to realize that, that he can't afford another setback. Um, Peru is going to be playing in a, in a qualifier. I don't know when that game is, but if he wants to be anywhere close to healthy and fit for that game and be a possibility to be called up, uh, I don't think he will be, but um, that might be on his mind too. Hey, I need to play this weekend. I need to, you know, I need to score. I need to show that I'm, I'm good. I'm good to go. So I think there's a little bit more into this one also. Um, 
but I think I think you'll see a mixed lineup, but I've got no problem with that. I, you know, similar to um, Austin, play some young guys that we know that can that can get results. Guys should be, I think they had three days off, you know, 10 days ago. So they should be healthy and, and buzzing to get back on the pitch. And like you said, prioritizing New York City is is the goal. The goal here now is to to win Champions League, but with those two losses to start the season, like we, you can't afford another loss to be digging that hole. Don't be that team that qualifies for, you know, makes it to the Champions League final, but we end up losing the next two, three games because we're throwing all our eggs. But I think we have a deep enough, deep enough roster to um, for guys to step in and, and really just dig in for 90 minutes and, and get a get a result in, in Minnesota that would, you know, satisfy the fans and, and, and the players. It was a big point road point we got against Austin and yeah. a big win that we got against galaxy because those two results that we got going into this definitely help for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Haiti over and under. All right. Over under Minnesota themed. All right. Oh, I actually already gave you guys the answer to this one. So I guess I'll skip it, but I was going to say total regular season wins versus Minnesota United. Um, over under was 6.5. I did say what our record was. So if you were listening, yes. yeah, yes. we already know that that's over. over. Yes. <laughs> Seven regular season wins. Yeah. Um, second one, Minnesota defender O'Neal Fisher played three seasons with the Sounders, 2015, 16, and 17. Over under a number of regular season matches he, matches he has played for the Rave Green. I have the over under set at 35.5. How many matches did he appear for us? Oh, I want to say over. He, there was a, he had a stretch there where he played quite a bit and would be versatile, play left back, right back. Yeah, I, like, I think O'Neill played about 40 games. I'll say under. Yeah, 27.5. Wow. Yeah, 27.5. But uh, Steve, you are right. There was one season there where he yeah. just like, it was like gaming. He was like a and constant. I think Brad was still playing. There's one game you got a red card and you kind of mm-hmm. never saw him again. I think he was like, <laughs> in, he went to the Ziggy's doghouse and that was it. Oh, man. oh poor guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Last uh, last over under. Sounders hosted Minnesota in last season's home opener. Let's test your memory. How many different goal scorers featured in that match? How many different goal scorers were there? Over Draw, under 3.5. And bonus Draw, if you can name them. Joe Apollo scored a banger. So we'll go there. Um, I don't know, Raul have played the first game of last season. Oh, this is so tough. If Raul played, Raul scored. I don't know if he played or not. Um, Leek, I don't know. That's tough. Four different goal scorers, but only Jao Paulo, I remember. All right. Um, there were three different goal scorers. Jao Paulo is correct. Raul had two. And Freddie uh, Montero came back and scored a goal. Freddie scored. Yes. yes so the final score was 4 nothing. Three goal scorers. Uh, this was a good over-under. This was a tough one. I'm getting much better at these. Yeah, I'm getting a tough. lot better at these. <laughs> yeah. uh, good job, guys. <laughs> That was tough. Um, brilliant. Um, broadcast info? Uh, yes, we are going to be on Fox 13, the main Fox 13 for this match. So everyone, not Fox 13 plus, we are on Fox 13. Uh, radio is going to be on the iHeart app and it will feature Steve Zakawani, Casey Keller, Keith Costigan, and the normal crew. So uh, get excited. It's going to be a good one. Awesome. And 5 p.m. kickoff, yeah? 5 p.m. kickoff, yes. Our time. Great. Sounders to Minnesota this weekend. Make sure you tune in to that one. 5 p.m. kickoff, 4.30 for the pregame show. We'll be on there. 
And then, of course, Sounders next week, CCL, we've been talking about all podcasts long, play against NYCFC, one of the biggest games in club history. Can't say the biggest because it depends who you ask. There's been some pretty big games for this club, but just another one in a long line. And hopefully we're back here next week um, recapping two amazing performances and two amazing wins. But we shall see. As always, thanks for listening. Um, Like, comment, subscribe, wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back next week.